Welcome to Source of Uncertainty, a book club podcast for you. I'm Robert Standifer. And I'm Kyle Swisher. And this is episode 18, the Thanksgiving episode. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's um, going yeah, to be a good one. <laughs> All alone. <laughs> Pretty much. We're still going to do the dinner, you know, just me and my wife. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're scaling down. It'll be yeah. turkey, mashed potatoes, like a vegetable, mm-hmm. and a pie. Mm-hmm. You know, we won't do like the green bean casserole or the sweet potato pie or any of that weird stuff. It's not weird. It's good stuff. But we did Thanksgiving <laughs> in July. It is kind of weird. You only eat it once a year. No, yeah. We, I, remember, I remember when you did it in yeah. there was some weekend or something like that. And you were like, we got Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner <laughs> like in effect right now. It's like, whoa, like that's awesome. It was it was good. So I I don't think I can eat green bean casserole twice in one calendar year. Yeah, no st- no stuffing or dressing. No, nope. just it's basically a turkey dinner like you would get at a restaurant any time of the year, mm-hmm. but with pumpkin pie added on. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's what makes it Thanksgiving dinner. What are you <laughs> What are you doing? Anything special? Um, no, not really. I usually go all out and do the turkey and stuff. I mean, I let, you know, I'll still put this out there. Don't forget to dry brine and spatchcock your turkey because that's the, the only way to do it. Um, but I'm kind of, we're just going to like order some sort of kit or something like that. And mm. uh, kind of into not, because I usually cook it for like, uh, you know, 15 people or so, maybe max. And so I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to like not taking two days off to do it. <laughs> well, about 20 years ago, when I was, um, I was, it was just me and my wife and we, we were like, we don't want to do a big Thanksgiving dinner. So we went to Luby's, the cafeteria in, in Austin, Texas. And it was God awful. <laughs> so the next day we went to the store at Friday and bought all of Thanksgiving dinner and cooked it that day. <laughs> all there right. Was- <laughs> yeah there there is one um uh, yeah there's like one year back when i was a kid where it's like we had to do a thanksgiving like early with one side of the family or something like that and so nothing lined up like we weren't actually gonna so we kind of like already had the meal but then we weren't doing anything on thanksgiving but we went to denny's and had <laughs> i think That's we honest. ate like i forget if we had thanksgiving or it was just like yeah Eat I would have had breakfast. Yeah, had like breakfast. I think I, I might have done that too, but it was kind of, we all thought it was funny as like, because we never, I don't know, like, yeah, maybe we'd go to Denny's like once a year for breakfast or something. And, uh, but it's like, oh, we're, we're that family this year. We're going to Denny's for Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah. At least Denny's isn't deceptively expensive like Luby's because you don't know the price of anything as you're going through the line. You're oh, like, oh that and then when you good. get to check out, yeah. it's like when you go to Costco and you're like, wait, how much? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two grand. What the? You got four things. <laughs> so what's going on with you these days, my friend, besides spatchcocking a turkey? <laughs> um, I have an album coming out uh, on uh, Black Friday. I guess that's wow. the 27th, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. The day after Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got it coming out. It's actually going to be on vinyl, which is really exciting. Awesome. I never, 
yeah, I never um, expected that to happen. But it's going to be out on Behind the Sky Music, uh, which is a label that uh, actually just put out um, Johnny Woods' album. Um, so, yeah, I got to um, Evan, uh, who runs the label, uh, also known as Blue Tech. It's a very well-known um, DJ and producer. Um, he yeah heard my stuff and um i was kind of already planning on putting out an album i have, haven't put anything out since i think it was like march of last year and it was like the lyra 8 album that i did so oh, that's right yeah um so i had a lot of you know bookless stuff uh piling up like some of much some of which you may have heard if you've been listening to the show and you actually listen through the <laughs> the outro a lot of um you know i'm always doing new tracks and stuff for that um so i kind of like compiled a bit and uh i actually had ben wilson that was kind of helping me kind of um edit some things and um i just never this is kind of i don't know i'm never like that confident in the whole like mixing and thing or just working in a DAW. I just use it basically as a a tape machine. Um, And so he kind of helped smooth a few things out for me, but then, um, but yeah, but then um, I started talking with behind the sky and um, they helped edit stuff down too, which was nice. I think I have a tendency to like throw a bunch of, um, different styles of uh, my Buchla plane all in one thing. Um, Because like, you know, if you listen to the intro of this podcast, like I like making stuff like that, which is kitschy and dumb and, and uh, weird, but then um, I can have, I don't know, more uh, heavier, uh, interesting music as well. So they helped me kind of pare it down and focus it a bit. So I'm really excited that, um, yeah, it kind of is 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 of a piece, hmm. and so um, so yeah, that's gonna be. It's called uh, "Are You Working with Me or Against Me." Um, you heard it, Robert? I have. I I did. I listened to the whole thing, which <laughs> sounds like I was going to be accused of not listening to the whole thing. <laughs> I, I did. I did. No, I put it on and and actively listened to it, and I really really liked it. I, I mean, of course, I told you that, but it. Um, I think I used the word maturity. When I was yeah. when I was talking about yeah, there's a there's like um, maturity is not an insult. It, of course, it just shows that you know, you're, we all grow as artists, and there's like a seriousness in it that I really liked. Yeah, um, but I like all your. I mean, I like your other stuff too. In fact, YouTube still shows me your videos, even though I'm not a follower or subscriber. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, I am. Um, but yeah, the I thought it was really well um, produced. Like from the first track to the last track, you know, it, it, it's going to sound kind of silly, but it sounded like an album. Like, you know how when you listen mm-hmm. to a commercial piece of music, it'll have the, the order of the songs suits yeah. the, you know, the listening. I thought it did that really well. And um, that's hard to do on your own, you know, unless you're a punk band or something. It's really <laughs> tough to uh, to get that song order right to where you have the single kind of in the middle and, and all of that. But I don't know if that was intentional, but that's one of the things that I took from it that I really liked. Yeah, there, there was a lot of um, kind of massaging of that and also knowing or thinking about it 
as it's going to be on a record. So it's going to have two sides. That's right. and, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think the sequencing is more important in that way. I mean, I, I guess I grew up on CDs and stuff, so mm-hmm. um, I didn't. And then, like, kind of now, like, listening back to, like, more classic albums and stuff that came out in, like, the record or cassette era is like, oh, like, it is kind of, you know, side two has to be, like, you know, the first track of an album again. Um, So, yeah, yeah, it it was fun to kind of think about that and, you know, where to kind of have the whole kind of which song is the most has the biggest crescendo in it. And then like, how mm-hmm. do you come down from that? And, and uh, yeah, that, I, I enjoyed that, that process a lot. Yeah. I think, I think it showed, and you know, as a sidebar, when you listen to something like Pearl Jam's 10, mm-hmm. that's a really good example of an album that is a sem- an assembly of, of tracks that build up and let down and build up and let down and, some of the singles are at the beginning and the stuff at the end, like black, you know, and they're not really um, singles, but they're the things that we listen to the most typically, yeah. you know, and, and if you listen to a cure album, like uh, wish or wild mood swings, it'll have a really strong open, but then the, the single that emerges from it, like Friday, I'm in love will kind of be in the middle mm-hmm. and that's all by design. And, that, and that's really hard to do it, Like a good producer knows how to do that. But as musicians, we're, we listen to our stuff so much that you like, how could you ever really separate, you know, or be objective about your own music when you're assembling the album for consumption, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was, yeah, it was good to have those guys, like both Ben and Evan um, had a lot to do. It was like, you know, I had some tracks in there and it's just like, yeah, it just doesn't sound of a piece. Like, like, yeah, they're, they're okay, <laughs> but not with the rest of this stuff. And it's like, okay, like it's, it's good to hear that. Cause yeah, you get all attached to your own stuff. And you um, should release a, a B side collection. <laughs> the, the, you're working with me. Yeah. You're working against me. <laughs> <laughs> like two, a double album. Yeah. Boy, the B sides, you know, when I was a kid or a young man, B sides were so exciting, you know, because oh, <laughs> they were just so different and, they didn't match the album. But anyway, I digress. Well, I haven't been working on an album to release, at least not in the Bukla world, but I have been working on the that Bukla wave thing that I kind of joked about last time that yeah. we'll do for the featured artist. And one thing about that that's been really fun is that I f- I'm not making music. <laughs> so meaning I, I don't have a melody. I don't have... A composition in mind. I don't have, you know, even really structure or anything. It's just sort of um, built on repetition, and mm-hmm. and the and the sounds that are, are occurring at that time, which sounds really experimental. But and I guess that's kind of the point. Yeah. But because most of it is from the two seventy two E, because it is a vaporwave thing, and the two thirty E, no, no two songs or ever you know this like i i did a practice run <clears throat> the a few nights ago and i thought this sounded really good and i was so happy i recorded it because i'm i'm never going to get the same result again especially on yeah. npr because they don't like a week later don't air the same show so <laughs> it's been kind of fun and kind of liberating to not use the 
creative part of our brains that we judge. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. no thinking about the quality. It's just really about the um, the mechanics. Like, have I successfully recorded a vaporwave track on my bukla? <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of very meta, and I like that. I mean, it is kind of a, a structure in a way, though, right? I mean, I guess like you're setting up this, these boundaries or this one thing just to focus on and whatever happens within it. Yeah, it's like what it is. I don't dial in a sound on the 258, 261 or 258, you know. Yeah. It's, I, I will make a sound, but it's going to be relative to whatever is coming through the 272E or the 230E, you know, depending on the source. Mm-hmm. But then it's just a matter of, like harmonics, not really sculpting a sound. And I'm usually just okay with it. I don't like to spend a ton of time on it. And then I add in some randomness to um, just to make it not be so square. Yeah. But it's been kind of fun to break out of that comfort zone, you know, and use modules that I use modules that I always used a certain way and I'm not using them that way at all. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, and I don't know, I mean, this isn't going to sound good. But <laughs> but it'll be it might I don't know but it's it's kind of different kind of cool I'm looking forward to uh, to sharing it. So along that lines in my system I've moved things around. Uh, the most interesting thing might be that I have put in a 225e, and um, so I'm set up for MIDI. And I never used MIDI before, uh, even though I had a 225e for a long time. <clears throat> I just um, switched to the 282e. For preset management, so put the 225e back in and hooked it up to my computer, so that I have MIDI out from my my DAW to go into the boot clip for some for some interesting stuff like with MIDI FX and uh, designing stuff in Studio One that you know will make things happen in the boot clip and kind of interfacing those two things together because we've been talking so much about that with the 230e. And you know, yeah. Alan Strange and mixers and stuff. So I thought, how could I connect this to my computer in a meaningful way, and not just it be a keyboard type thing, but rather using my mouse or downloading MIDI files from places that are like complete songs, and mm-hmm. then using them to send MIDI to my machine that is uh, generating pulses and CV that uh, control other stuff. So it's been. Pretty interesting. To, and I think that kind of goes with the, the whole vaporwave experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been pretty fun. Do you have all your other, because I know you've, you've amassed a good collection of other since recently. Is everything kind of hooked up in the same way? Um, I have two hydrosynths but that are both um, MPE controllers. So they do the polyphonic aftertouch. Mm-hmm. And they're midied in, and then I also have CV out from those going into the booklet for other stuff. And then my, I have like a Profit Rev 2 16 voice and a whole bunch of other stuff. But I kind of removed almost all of that from the equation. Mm. And I've been operating almost exclusively in soft synths. I have oh, okay. like dozens. Uh, because one thing that I like about that has been that I can create a sound with piano, like a melody with my piano, mm-hmm. my piano VST, actually, I don't have a grand piano in here, <laughs> <laughs> nor can I play it. Um, but I make, you know, I design a melody and then take that MIDI and just put it into a whole bunch of different things. 
a guitar mm-hmm. or whatever, and you just have this kind of wide range of sounds, and and that's been really really good for the other type of songwriting that I do. Mm-hmm. So I cool. take that and then I send it to the Bukla, not in pitch, but rather as you know, getting CV out. And so you imagine you know a guitar riff that you that you record and turns it into MIDI. And then you send that to the, your 225E, but rather than having that come out with the 261 or whatever, you're just taking that CV and sending it somewhere. So it's like this idea of you've programmed music, but you're not using that program to create a sound from an oscillator, but rather a set of control voltages that you're going to do something else with. Yeah, so you can get like like pulses per note and stuff like that. Yeah, and even the MIDI CC, you know, the MIDI control <clears throat> code is um, going to generate a, a CV from the um, uh, from the 225E and, and just take that CV out and put it somewhere. And it kind of like, imagine if you did that, used MIDI to play an instrument that outputs sound and you put that sound into your Buchla and then generated control voltages from that sound like we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. It's the same principle, but now I'm using a digital, you know, zero and one modality to um, to do that and removing the acoustics from it and instead going toward the, like the, the deconstruction of what was the originator of the sound without the sound itself. Gotcha. Yep. So that's been, um, I'd, I'd probably say 98% of my time working on that has been thinking and <laughs> 2% has been yeah. <laughs> put it together yeah <laughs> it's kind of like when you're writing a paper you know you do so much work before you actually start typing mm-hmm. so that's what's going on there cool yeah so i wanted to mention that some cool stuff going on in the module world um kind of an exciting month i think uh, northern light modular our buddies there they're now selling their stuff at Noisebug. so here in the u.s especially you can go to noisebug.net and get northern light module northern light modular modules which is fantastic i i bought man i just paid <laughs> off a credit card that was exclusively noisebug yeah, <laughs> yeah. And i was like okay yeah, i got to give those guys a lot of money <laughs> got to no, they're, they're, great. they're really really great you know they're they're super helpful uh, blake and those guys down there are really really nice so i was i was excited for sasha and, yeah, um, Mark. And Mark. That. Yeah. Yeah, and they've got. I mean, it seems like Noisebug tends to have kind of all or a lot of, you know, besides Bukla USA, um, people building for the for the ecosystem. Um, yeah, they've so got they've the staff, so. yeah the um, Metasonics is there. Yep. And they have 1979, and I think they have the um, they have the. Let's see, what's that sequencer? That oh, had? yeah, the, the yeah. Uh, SSL. Um, well, it's, I forgot, it's the 3650. Yeah. And, made for, uh, and actually, I was thinking about like, also the um, the Kilpatrick one. Oh, yeah, one. that's right. The like pattern pattern top. generator. Yeah. That's yeah. right, yeah. So, and yeah. They have got a lot of other great stuff, too. I'm going to plug Noisebug for a minute. Like, if there's some weird synth that you've, you, like, if you ever want a weird synthesizer, <laughs> go there because they have this one i think it's called the panoptagon and it's like a it looks like a cd player but it's like a sort of a record player looking thing 
<laughs> I'm not even going to try to explain how it works, but it's 5,000 bucks. So <laughs> like a Buchla module or two. And yeah. it's, you know, and they sell that stuff there. And, and I thought these guys are so neat. They're like those really esoteric hi-fi places where you walk yeah. in, you know, and a CD player is $75,000 or something. <laughs> so definitely worth just browsing around in there to see all the cool stuff that they have. I'm going to have to Google that thing. Yeah, I should. The Golden Noise Bug, it's right there. Print out the yeah. dog. Um, and then we got uh, we got batches putting out the uh, the kind of dual module, um, the radio music thing on top, and the, was it the Reverb, the Spring Reverb Mark II in one uh, Buchla size module. And I think he is also doing it for kind of like a Surge format as well. Yep. So, I mean, those I are kind of classics neat. in Euro. So. Yeah. The radio music was my my first book, um, Eurorack module. Or I should oh. say it was in my first order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty neat, pretty neat thing. You could take, we were joking about, you could use that module and just that module at a performance. Just take the output of the radio music and go into the reverb and then send it to a mixer and just <laughs> move through the... The samples that would actually be pretty neat. Actually, I'm going to try to borrow one for the show. If anybody feels really generous and will loan us one for a few weeks, we'd love to um, to cover that on the show. We'll even mention you by name. <laughs> <laughs> the um, it's last month, maybe, or maybe we talked about this, but 1979 has a uh, new module coming out: the stochastic voltage generator which is based on the Immutable Instruments Marbles module, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And it, I'd say it's probably a great accentuator for the 266E and 266. And it's got mm-hmm. a, a... So you're Mr. Random. What do you know about that module? That <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't... It's, it's funny. Um, yeah, I, I guess I haven't spent too much time looking into this one but from what i get a sense of um you can get like random pulses from it which is harder to do in bukla not as there's not as much you know random pulse generating going on um so that's kind of neat and i think it has um basically like a kind of touring machine functions in there so you can like set loops um of pattern memory yeah uh, so yeah, I think it kind of has a spot in yeah filling out these other areas of random that the two sixty six doesn't cover. Um, so yeah, if you're a big random fan, I could see having you know two or having both as a set, and you'd be yeah. It. I don't think it overlaps so much. I think it accentuates or complements. Like yeah. one of the things I was looking at the website the. Um, you can record and loop and quantize CV. So it's got a CV recorder in it. And that could be mm. pretty cool for live performance stuff. Or for yeah. or for Vaporwave, for that matter. But <laughs> I might um, might see about getting one to... I'll, I'll probably borrow one of those from someone also. I'd love to keep buying all these modules, but I'm out of space. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I spent all my source of uncertainty money on that gold chalice. Yeah, I mean, but it's paying so. off dividends every time you. <laughs> it is. I hold it up and and people cheer. So, <laughs> that, um, 
Well, let's. Who would we have on the show today? Oh gosh, it's our friend Ellison Wolf. Yeah, we uh, we mentioned Waveform Magazine yeah. every single episode, and so we got the editor in chief on here. And he also is the Zorks guy. So yeah. he um, is bananafying that. What's the name of his ribbon controller? I just complete. I can't believe it's my just space. like the yeah the Zorks ribbon controller. Um, which has been in, um, you know, kind of in a uh, Eurorack format. We're just having, you know, 3.5 connections. Um, but yeah, his edit is modified a little bit. We'll kind of go into it in the interview. Um, but he also sent us one to check out, and I had a ton of fun with that, which you'll hear in just a few minutes. Got a few patches for that. So, um, but yeah, we actually. We did this socially distanced in person, though. In my garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> this is the first time we've, yeah, other than like a few um, uh, parking lot uh, transactions you and I had. Um, yeah. yeah that like... sounds, sounds really bad. <laughs> yeah, the three um, let's, just call, let's just call it what it is, man. Come on. Um, <laughs> Chilling in my garage, literally. But I, I drank hot chocolate um, to keep myself, and I sat by the heater. Yeah, and you <laughs> Huge ass uh, slippers on. You were you were living it yeah, up. I was set. All right, let's talk to Ellison. Let's do it. Okay, I'm here with the Zorks Electronics Ribbon Controller. Um, but what's cool about this one, it's Bananafied. So this has been out for uh, at least a couple of years. Um, Ellison Wolf, who makes this and who we'll be talking to later, um, he's local here in Seattle. And I first saw these at a, uh, some, a synth meet probably back in 2018, maybe 2017. Um, and yeah, now he's, uh, you know, done a great service by uh instead of only having it for um kind of Eurorack format um making it bananafied so just to run down its features um there's uh basically so yeah it's like a lucite maybe about we'll probably get the dimensions from him about two feet long or so um about inch and a half uh wide um ribbon controller and it's Lucite, and it has an, a light that kind of beams right through the thing, and you can set that up to turn on when you touch it, or you can always have it on or off. Um, and yeah, so there's a, a, a ribbon output for that. Uh, there's also gate and pulse. Um, gate has the um, option of being on, and then when you press the ribbon controller, that will turn it off, so it's kind of like a reverse gate, I guess. Um, and then it's got a pressure output, which has a, there's a little pressure pad um, on the kind of control uh, section of, of the ribbon controller uh, that, yeah, will sense your, your pressure when you push down on it. Uh, there's also an auxiliary knob uh, and banana output for that. So just a little mini kind of pot that you can turn left and right, and voltage will go out from that. And then a button, which is this kind of spring-loaded button, and um, and it's kind of like a momentary switch. You can 
uh, and you can swap it. So it can always be on and when you press it, the voltage will cut out or it can be off and when you press and hold it, the voltage will, will be on and that's just kind of full 10 volts. So yeah, to kind of show what this thing can do, I'm going to patch it into um, the pitch and the one of the oscillators on the music easel. So that's patched in now. So yeah, just dragging my finger along this controller changes the pitch. Um, as you can, you know, kind of hear, I could get some kind of vibrato sounds out of it if I wiggle my finger back and forth on it. And, um, um, and it also actually, there's a little mini, um, trim pot that you can get with the screwdriver that will, um, you can reduce the, um, the output voltage from there, um, which I think is I don't know, maybe mainly used for, um, or kind of a holdover function from the Eurorack version with, you know, Buchla. Most, well, many things have, um, you know, CV attenuverters, so you can kind of attenuate on your way in, but you can reduce the voltage on the actual um, uh, ribbon controller as well. So, um, yeah, just, I'll kind of patch up a couple other things to kind of show off some of the function. So as you heard, I had that, um, I have that uh, pitch going. I'm actually gonna, I have it going to two oscillators uh, that I'm controlling at the same time. Um, but with this, I wanted to make it so I could um, have it kind of be more expressive in like when I'm touching it or I want to kind of control the amplitude of of those oscillators. Uh, so I'm going to use the button for that. So basically when I'm pressing down the button, it's going to send voltage to the uh, low pass gates to turn it on. Um, but I'm going to first... Uh, patch that button output into a, a slew limiter that's um, off screen if you're <laughs> if you're watching the video um, and so that's going to kind of um, give an attack and decay to the um, uh, to this button so when I turn it on it's going to slowly rise up and then when I let go it's going to slowly fall so I'll press that now and I'm going to let it go. So this way I can, yeah, kind of, I don't know, play it like a, <laughs> or have an envelope and um, for the for the low pass gate for that. Um, I also have the auxiliary knob and what I'm going to do is going to, I'm going to send that to um, the 277 delay unit and I'm gonna bring that in too. And so I'm gonna have actually this little knob here um, that's going to 
uh, give me more delay time as I turn it up and it'll then go back to a short delay time if I have that turned down. So I'll kind of bring that into the fold. So I'm pressing down the button. And that's in there. And if I turn it up, So yeah, I can have control over that now. Um, and then I've got the, I still have the, the pressure output. So I'm gonna put that and go into uh, just the modulation index on the easel. So, um, so yeah, if I have this on, if I apply pressure now, with this kind of put it all together if you're able to hear it uh, this kind of takes two hands so I'm gonna have to put down a microphone I don't have one of those cool uh, headset mics or anything like that so I'll be back
so yeah, kind of a good little introduction. Um, I mean, I imagine a lot of people would use this for pitch, um, but you know, even with the the pulse and, and gate outs, there's a lot of the stuff I can think about to um, you know control other aspects of um, of my system, and also just have like a secondary um, control input. I use the 218 for so much stuff, but there's still always, you know, I want some other thing that I can just, you know, press real quick and send out a pulse and, you know, trigger something out. So, um, yeah, it's a good little auxiliary controller for sure. Okay, I'm going to do another patch with the Zorix Banana controller. Um, this time we're still going to be kind of using it for pitch, but set up quite a bit differently. Um, with uh, having it control the MARF and the MARF kind of acting as a, a kind of a quantizer. Uh, so a little bit about the patch. Um, I have just the the main ribbon controller um, going into the um, external section on the stage address section on the MARF. Uh, this is where you can um, use outside voltages to kind of sweep through the the steps uh, and I have the um, kind of the pulse section uh, button set to continuous to where you would just sweep this knob and you would kind of go through the steps back and forth um, but we're going to do that with the Zorix controller instead um, what is also cool is it will uh, fire off the pulses as if you had them programmed or through the all pulses out so I do have that going into a 281 envelope um, and so, yeah, then to 292 and onto the mixer. So just to show you what that sounds like. So yeah, you can kind of sweep through this, um, scale, I guess I, I set up. Um, and what's so kind of i'm using a few other things in the zorks um to get a couple other functions out of it so one the button uh when i press that in the 281 envelope that i'm using um i have yeah the voltage from the button going into the attack and decay and so when i press that down it's just going to kind of keep that wide open so i'll let you hear that And then I also have the pressure. Uh, I'm using a 258 oscillator, uh, the Dunnington Audio 258D, and I'm using the uh, scientist saw um, oscillator on this one. So I have the pressure going into the wave shape, so that will also bring in uh, the go from sine to saw. Um, and then I also have this set up with the uh, delay just because it sounds so good. Um, so let me turn that on. And I do have the auxiliary um, knob and CV that's going to go to the, the, um, the delay length again. <laughs> 
So um, I have it attenuating. I, so I have the main delay time set pretty high, but then I have um, the control input input uh, attenuating that. So if I when I turn up the knob, it gets shorter. So yeah, when you put it all together. Another cool thing um, that I found when I was messing around with this patch is, uh, you know, when you take your finger off, it, the you know the voltage gonna, is going to drop to zero when you're using the ribbon section. Uh, but I did find if you you can kind of give it an offset. So if you like position your f um, one finger, you know, in the middle of the the ribbon controller, and then you can use like another finger, you know, using two hands. Um, you can, yeah, use a second one, so further to the right, to, um, you, you know, to change the pitch or whatever you're doing. But if when you let go, if that left hand is still on there, it's just going to um, default back to where you have that. Uh, it won't go back to zero. It's going to go back to wherever that other position is. So you can kind of play this um, with two hands on the actual ribbon, which is kind of neat. So. Um, so I'm just kind of, you know, bopping around and it's, uh, you know, throughout all the whole length of this, but as you can hear, it kind of is going to go back to this bass note every time. Uh, but if I put my finger down halfway through and kind of bounce around with that, uh, you'll hear it not kind of go to that bass note. So yeah, good times. Alright, what are we talking to this guy about? Yeah, we got Ellison here. Hey. Editor in chief. In chief. Of Waveform magazine. That's why I started it, so I could just use that title. Yeah, I've been thinking yeah. about that. I was like, oh, we got to talk to editor in chief. I mean, you know how hard it is to find a job where it actually get a you know, accepted and employed called mm -hmm. editor in chief? Probably zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we're doing this live. We are live. We're we here. are live from Robert's garage. <laughs> Social distanced. Yep. Robert's got these huge. Yeah. What are they? Big, they're Bigfoot slippers. Yeah. They're big. They are very big. I mean, they're thus Bigfoot. Big, yeah, yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah. yeah you, sure. get, you get these at the Snoqualmie Falls gift shop. <laughs> Maybe I'll swing by uh, on my way home. Noted. Yeah. So <laughs> the list. Noted. <laughs> so noted. What? Snoqualmie. What now? <laughs> I've been to Snoqualmie Falls. Yeah, but I think uh, most yeah. of the people who listen to the show, well, actually, I don't know what our demographic is like. We should look I at, do. Kind yep. of look, is there a map? That we I would imagine at? that they're big slipper wearers. Maybe. Yeah. whole lot of white guys. <laughs> we <laughs> that, have Sweden. And slippers. they've all seen Twin Peaks, so they'll know. Yeah, that's true. Snoqualmie Falls. Oh, is that in there? What well, the the Sorry. hotel? I've actually never seen. Oh man, oh, man. I you know I get out of my house. Sorry, <laughs> I I didn't till like 
about three or four years ago. It was like leading up to like the, the it came back. Yeah, right. On like Showtime back in 2017. And uh, I watched like, I think between the first two seasons, there's maybe like 30 some episodes. And yeah. I watched them in like two days. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, Nobody ever gets it when I say my log will have something to say about this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's, a, it's a very weird. Great music. Yeah. Yeah, it's Julie Cruz, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's Julie yeah. Cruz for sure. I mean, yeah. I know the music. I've just never seen the show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not all the music. Angelo Badalamenti. Yeah. That's who did that. She, she was a singer, I think. Um, so the, it, this is the Twin Peaks episode. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so yeah, we're in my garage. It's um, sick, like 60 degrees in here, but I'm comfortable. Yeah, you're... Max and relax, and we're in like pea coats and sweatshirts, and yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, some layers. The kids outside are way too noisy for me to open the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're mean mugging me when I like arrived. Like I felt very intimidated. You should hopping out of my car. Like, you talking about the girls down the street? Yeah, <laughs> they're, all these they're kids, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 those thirteen-year-olds out there on scooters. Yeah. I was like, what are they doing? They're all just like hanging out at the edge of a driveway. Yeah, but hey, it's pretty cool. They're all they're a pod. Yeah. They're all socially distanced, you know, in their family, so they're all able to hang out together. I think that's pretty there cool. Was a, they had a birthday party, and they didn't invite me. That's pretty lame. Well, I don't have any kids, so it would have been weird, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was still like, man, I'm a I want to go shoot laser tag. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you could do that in your garage. Speak now. Yeah, you can set up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just don't go over there. Yeah. <laughs> don't scratch my car. Noted, yeah. <laughs> or shoot lasers at it. So... What should we talk about first? I mean, we mention Wayfair Magazine sure. every single episode. Yeah, I haven't gotten my check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're doing direct deposit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is a slip up at the bank. Yeah, you're, you're missing a zero. The bank has made an totally. error in your favor. Yeah, totally. What's your rounding number again? <laughs> um, how's it going? With the magazine? Yeah. Going great. Um, we're hoping to get the next one to print been delayed just because of covid related stuff but um mm-hmm. yeah in the next couple of days hopefully like sometime this week it'll go to print number five nice yeah it's cool it's uh yeah it's a great issue i'm excited very cool um i guess we can kind of back up mm-hmm. it's hard to i haven't seen you since march i don't know when the last time i saw you it was Robert the Boyd. waveform release party Jeez. unless i saw you at modular nights but i don't or no i saw you at velocity oh you did okay yeah. so it's been a year Wow. Yeah, I saw you and I waved and you just turned away. I was like, that guy yeah, again. Like, that guy. <laughs> where are those canapes over here? That was the the velocity, well, the only one we had, but that was where people recognized my voice from the show. Really? Remember? Remember? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm holding on to that memory. Yeah, hey. <laughs> it was two people. That's pretty We don't cool. count Todd Barton. You know what they say, if you can touch one person. Yeah. That reminds me, I have bourbon in there. If I should go get that for when we say Todd's name, that's two shots right there. Oh, shoot. Yeah. We have a, I don't know if right. you know, we have the drinking game for Todd Barton. So, uh, I'm drinking hot chocolate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to pour some of that hot chocolate on the floor for all the Todd Bartons that couldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to go back to, uh, so first, for when did the first issue come out? It'll be two years in May, I think. Wow, March or May? Two years. Yeah, really? so we're so we're a year and a or yeah, year and a half in. Dang. So, yeah, it seems like longer actually. Wow. So we we had sandwiches at that shop, like in 
Yeah. February. That was forever ago. 2017 or something, right? Something like that. 20, 2018. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, crazy. it was so long ago. It's yeah. crazy. I interviewed Suzanne November 2018. That's right. So that was two yeah. years ago. Okay, wow. yeah. I know. We. I feel like we uh, We both like came out of the gate with our uh, synthesizer endeavors. Uh, media <laughs> endeavors. <laughs> with like, <laughs> got to get to Suzanne. Um, tell us about that trip. Oh, it was fun. I mean, I was just starting out the magazine, and so I thought I would just reach out to see if you could even, you know, you know how it is. Who who even writes back? And, you know, <laughs> you, you still know. And so, uh, yeah, she wrote back. We set it up. And then originally I just thought I would kind of go down there for a day and just come up. And then, you know, I got hold of Dave Smith and was able to interview him down there. And then, yeah, it was it was super fun. I mean, she's she's one in a million, man. She mm-hmm. really is. She's gracious. She's, she's just awesome. She really is. And she let me play her bukla, which was very intimidating because i yeah was that the first time you had sat in front of one i've briefly spent time in front of a bukla but not where i was actually able to like spend some time and try to do something with it you know Mm -hmm. and uh the only thing i was really almost able to do with hers was break it but (laughs) (laughs) and i remember leaving her house i was like well maybe enough time will pass where she doesn't play it until you know like and then she won't know that it was me that messed it up but apparently it's fine so that's good yeah, it's got the. She just hit her preset back to one. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think Man, you're really reducing her, uh, her musical <laughs> output, Kyle. When you when you looked at the bukla, did you think that you had to use cables that matched the colors of the jacks? So you were looking for a blue cable for blue jack. Sounds like I'm making a joke, but no, it really wasn't. Up. It wasn't like that at all. Actually, when I when I got there, she had. So I went down there with Tim from Podular Modcast, and uh, never heard of him. Yeah. I haven't got my check from you. You're very either. lucky. Yeah. Hey. Um, but she gave us like a 15 minute. She basically performed for us for about 15 minutes. Wow, and that's yeah, insane. It, it was insane. <laughs> and you know, it was really cool. So when she was like, does hey. she, sorry, does she have her? Yes. She's got it surround sound. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of small. So she's got her bukla or at least this is how she did it. She had her bukla and then like behind her was a grand piano. And then the rear speakers were on that. Okay. So it wasn't like this huge setup, yeah. but you know, you could hear it and you could feel it and it was very cool. Yeah. Mm. But, um, but yeah, so she performed for like 15 minutes and you know, our jaws were on the floor cause it's, it was, you know, it's not just her performing it, but the music is awesome. Mm-hmm. So she performed and then, you know, she went to make us lunch, which is another incredible thing. What'd but you have? We had a cheese spread. We had some crab that a friend of hers had caught. Wow. We had fresh tomatoes, which I loved. And then <laughs> yeah, and some, you know, Pellegrino or something. And it was, you know, on her back porch overlooking the ocean. Yeah. It was pretty spectacular. But yeah, by the time she was like, yeah, go ahead and play with the bukla while I get some lunch ready. I was just, didn't want to really, her patch is kind of perfect. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, what am I going to add to this? And especially, yeah, nothing. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do to this? Ruin it. So I didn't really try to do too much, but I, you know, twist a few knobs and undo mm-hmm. a couple things. That's pretty much it. <laughs> but it was cool. You tell Tom or Tim to like not even look at it, like (laughs) don't touch. Nope, Tim had free reign. Yeah, I remember hearing that you guys are going down there, and I was like, "Hey, will you like take a photo of her system for me?" (laughs) (laughs) Because we wanted to know what that one module was. (laughs) I took plenty of photos. I actually had I got her autograph for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I was so. I was like, my friend Kyle loves you. (laughs) 
<laughs> she was very gracious. She's like, yeah, sure. Just, I, I've got that. I've got that put up on my. Uh, it's above my wall-mounted uh, cable hangers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't have it tattooed somewhere. Uh, maybe she I do. Has, she has nice handwriting. It'd be a good tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sleeve. My first, my one and only tattoo. Yeah, totally. I I wouldn't let her know if you do that. How's that? Maybe you want to keep that to yourself. Or my wife. Yeah, Yeah. totally. (laughs) She doesn't listen to this show anyway. Denali, your wife? She wouldn't know. No. No, She's too cool. Um, Actually, I went back to San Francisco, that area again, in January too. It's such an easy trip from here. And yeah. obviously before the, the virus hit and everything, it was, uh, yeah, it was just an easy trip. So we went back and I w- this time I went with my wife, Em, and we went and visited Eric Needham. Oh, and cool. who else did we interview? Oh, and another one who hasn't been in the magazine yet. Gotcha. So We'll keep that on the... Yeah, on the DL. Yeah. Um, I think I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> I <don't. laughs> Listeners, I know. You'll have to tell me so. after we hit stop. Um, we'll do. <laughs> they... they sh- been you've mentioned them on the show before oh um i keep wanting need them to like you know give me, give me let's see what you can do in for you like <laughs> do a booklet he would make it i'm sure hmm. no but his uh he's got i don't know if it's proprietary necessarily but his his uh power system is obviously just designed for your rack so yeah. you'd have to supply your own yeah i actually got an he i actually asked him to make me one and it was kind of, it took a little bit just because I, I told him not to worry about when he was, you know, when to do mm. it. But uh, I got it maybe a month and a half ago. Oh, wow. Ago. Yeah. It's huge. It's, you know, beautiful. Absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. And uh, the power that he did with his, he's got Eschatonic is like his power line. Yeah. It was really impressive too. Because before. So he makes it, it, it's like he does the power himself or. Oh, I have okay. some yeah. of that. I have some of that stuff. Yeah, that's him. And it's really wow. good. I like it yeah. a lot. So, because before I was just using. You know, I was just using the tip top Zeus, Yuzus or whatever, which mm-hmm. is fine. But you know, I had to have like three of them yep. in my rig, and you know, it's just, they get really hot. They do, and they're also like you know, flying bus cables. Mm-hmm. You know, although I made some, I got some bus bar, bus boards or whatever. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, the Needham's really nice. And actually, so I just moved into a new house, and it's got like this weird upstairs, like this wood panel upstairs. Yeah, and so now. I've got like the synth room and like the Needham's like center stage and cause that's pretty, it's the, the ceiling's so weird. It's slant. So you can't really fit too much in there, but it's like, I finally have just like a synth only room. Mm-hmm. So like everything is set up. Whereas before I just had, I would have my desk with, you know, doing waveform stuff and Zork stuff. And mm. it was just all over the place. It was crazy. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. So you've to, got your altar. Yeah. <laughs> altar. That reminds me, Kyle, we need to make sure from now on that we always ask our guests what their rooms are like. Because yeah. Ellison's and then the somebody else that we chatted with, and I, we saw Mort's room. Like we really need to know the space. And Suzanne, you know, we saw the video of her house. We, right. just, we need to know yeah. what these spaces are like. Um, They're always idiosyncratic. You know, the crazy thing about Suzanne's is so she has like that setup where she's got like you know her upstairs overlooking the ocean. Grand P- and her house is so charming. Uh, grand P- with just like amazing pictures and just. Mm-hmm. her house is just absolutely charming as charming as she is and uh but downstairs it's like i can't remember she had like a guest room and it had like the deckard stream and a make noise shirt Whoa. system and yeah <laughs> really yeah oh, yeah. Wow. yeah yeah it was pretty, pretty it's like cool. just all the stuff like hey will you play this like totally. here just 
Yeah. Just take it. Um, yeah, I remember, I think it's in there, her, um, in the documentary that, Oh, it's uh, life and waves. waves, Mm -hmm. It talks a lot about, or kind of goes into that house or whatever. And how she's on the cliff and it's just like, yeah, eventually how the settling is, or, you know, it's like, it could go, but it's like, I'm not going to worry about it because I'd just rather live my life. Right, it's like it's the circle of life. You know, the ocean will reclaim the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. one day it'll definitely be gone, but, yeah. you know, who knows when. Living on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, looked at me when you <laughs> that was That was beautiful, Kyle. Yeah, I wanted to, like, really, I wanted to connect with you on that. So <laughs> We locked eyes. Yeah. Um, so uh, how big is the Needham case? Is it, like, the Tim size? Like, or? Uh, I don't know how big Tim's is. It's a uh, fifteen. Yeah, I think it's yeah. by. Gosh, I can't even remember. Huh, I, so, I think he kind of has gone somewhat standard. Yeah, mine. It's funny. It's actually in a lot of ways. I'm like, do I really need one this big? And then I started putting you know modules in there, and I'm like, ooh, out of space. You know. Wow. Yeah, got filled up. Actually, now I've got one of the Brandon. I'm going to shout out to Brandon, who's one of our writers and the technical editor for Waveform. Mm-hmm. But I let him borrow. A bunch of my stuff so i have like a whole row that's like empty because he's got like uh got like a bunch of your analog stuff and mm. he loves that stuff and some other stuff that i let him borrow yeah your analog stuff is it's dope yeah that's yeah, extremely good there's some good yeah i don't know i'm excited i mean because he's in the name it's good analog stuff that he's got going on but i'm always curious i can never i should ask him actually if it's your analog or your analog because it's european so the j could be yeah i try like to think line. about like what how Ben Wilson, Div Kid says it, but then, you know, he calls it Yarrow Rack. So, how, you know. <laughs> yeah, and Shaw. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Can't listen to that guy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that guy. <laughs> it's a piece of work. <laughs> um, and how, how is that dealing with all the incoming stuff that you're reviewing? And, uh, well, you know, one of my favorite parts of, doing the magazine actually even it's, though it's usually pretty simple is just interacting with the manufacturers you know you drop an email and you're like hey how's it going and they're like oh i'm sending you something and it's like it's just it's just a way to kind of especially now it's really a nice way to keep in touch with people even people that i've never met mm-hmm. and um i don't know it's it's pretty great actually so you know we'll get sent, stuff sent and then i kind of disperse it to our writers or i'll keep some stuff to review it or whatever and uh yeah, it's it's actually it's pretty fun. I feel like we have it pretty much pretty down. So yeah. you know, a couple of like bumpy roads at first. It's like who's gonna do this? Who's gonna do this? And now it's kind of like, you know, it's a little easier. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's sometimes you know. I mean, even though, you know, technically the magazine is in my name. It's like Sam, like my partner Sam. He uh, he review. Well, I guess I can say it doesn't really matter. But he's reviewing the Pulsar for the next issue. Cool. And I'm like, yeah, I would have liked that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been okay. But he's been kind of dealing with them, so it's like, yeah, it is what it is. You know? Yeah. And those guys are great, too, the Soma guys. That the Soma Pulsar 23? Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Those are weird. What was that? It's it's weird. Oh, yeah, all their stuff is yeah. one of a kind. Yeah, I reviewed the, uh, yeah, the, Lyra. the Lyra 8 mm-hmm. on the magazine. Um, And I traded it for some bookless stuff, you know? Did you really? You it's don't have it anymore? Circle like, yeah. Yeah, you used it. You made a record out of it. You yeah. Got it. yeah. I kind of felt like... I did it, and yeah. then I'm so, yeah, goddamn focused on <laughs> on this stuff. Is like I probably you know should get like a low pass gate. 
Yeah. <laughs> At least one. Yeah. Build one. Or four. Yeah, that's... You've been... We don't solder. Or I don't. I don't. I love it. I Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I don't know if it's a, if it's a personality thing. I know like people will get like Zen about it and it's just like, oh, I can like something, something I can focus on. And it's, um, that's a good way to put it actually, because I know my brain, how it works and it needs something. Mm -hmm. It needs something to chew on. And that's one of the great things about the magazine for me. It's like, there's plenty for it to chew on. (laughs) But even like in terms of like building stuff, DIY stuff, and like I actually I love absolutely love designing the DIY projects when I can, mm-hmm. and you know like the Zorks. It's funny because actually I've wanted to redesign the ribbon controller for quite a while. Cause I had some ideas of what I wanted to do to it, but it uh, I just hadn't had a chance. I've been too busy, and then when the coronavirus hit, it freed up a lot of time, and so that was that's really how I was able to find the time to kind of to kind of go through it and do it all because i mean it's like any endeavor you think like oh it'll be easy it won't take that long and i mean i've, I've actually been working on it's it, it'll be released in a couple of weeks i mean that's mm-hmm. when it comes out essentially when the magazine comes out of you know i'll run an ad and that'll be it and get yeah. in some stores but um i've been working on it for a year at least oh. and it's not super technical mm-hmm. but it just takes a while to do it and then you order it and then you want to you know you want to do it better than the last time so instead of just putting it in some random box, like I had custom boxes made, yeah. you know, so it looks all cool, you know, just like <laughs> stuff like that. It just, you know, it just takes a while. Yeah, I have, I'm having somebody who works in the aerospace industry like actually route it out, so I don't have to do it myself. Uh, so they're doing the acrylic, you know, and all that yeah, stuff. So yeah. it looks a lot nicer. Okay, so I mean, like, let's explain to people what, yeah, what the Zorx ribbon controller is. It is a controller that uses a ribbon, <laughs> but wow. it's also got like a yeah very. And it rests on an acrylic light, uh, base that lights up. So we've got a couple different colors. Green and white, mostly for the Iraq, and then blue and red for the Bukla versions, the banana, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say Bukla versions, the banana jack versions. Um, and it's got a control panel. So it's got like a gate that's triggered by the ribbon. It's got a pulse that's triggered by touching the ribbon. It's got a potentiometer that you can kind of control anything, basically whatever you patch to it. It also has a push button that can, you know, you can inverse it, invert it if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it lights up, and you can make it so it lights up when you touch it or just stays lit up constantly. It's got a couple of different, like, you know, combination-type features, too, in there. Yeah, and it's so. about two feet wide or so? 22 and a half inches, I believe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's solid. It's a, like, that's what I love about it. Like, it, you can really, like, fuck somebody up with it. Yeah. <laughs> you could. It one of the, I mean, <laughs> it's weird. When I first started making ribbon controllers, like, gosh, five or six years ago mm-hmm. I w- i've tried you know i tried all sorts of different materials and it's one of the things i like about it is that it's got a real solid feeling underneath mm-hmm. and some of the early ones i made and some of the other ones that i tried it just they just didn't feel as good and i felt like that was pretty important yeah. really important to me yeah because so. yeah because it feels substantial even though it's got a really slim profile which is right. like awesome because it can just sit right in front of your you know, you're going to have enough desk space. Yeah, I've got it between the 223 uh, touch plate mm-hmm. and my rack. Oh, cool. I've That's got it perfect. upstairs. Oh, cool. Nice. And the acrylic, is, I think of it as Lucite. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it's, I think Lucite is actually just the uh, 
the brand name. Yeah, you could, but that kind of like 1960s. Oh, right, yeah. Style of, you know, it looks really neat. It's hefty. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah. It, it, it's really, I was really like, this is amazing because the other ribbon controllers I played with, uh, one was made from wood and it was really nice. Right. But it felt fragile. Yeah. When I was playing with it. And the other one was a cheap plastic, like a cheap, you know, molded plastic. The wood right. ones are, I, I, I think I know the wood ones you're talking about. I, I like those too. The psionic stick, is that the one? The one I had was synthesizers.com. Oh yeah. yeah. Those which, it was really high quality, but it's right. very expensive. Mm-hmm. And the wood, like, I don't know, it just felt like it would scratch or splinter or break. You know, yeah. if I put any real Ooh, pressure yeah. on it. Like, Ooh, you splintered? Like, uh, using your finger on that? My 5 U case, I, splinter, I got a splinter from that once. And then I was like, I'm out of 5 U and I sold it all. <laughs> <laughs> you bite the hand. It is true. I mean, who really wants to get an injury from synthesizing? <laughs> At the same time, I remarked that like you can really fuck somebody up with it. Like yeah. you know, that's what if I like you about used it that way. Yeah, yeah like that's what I like about playing guitar. It's well, like, it's not just a ribbon controller; it's also a weapon. Yeah, so, yeah like you, you know, with guitar, you, you can really—it's an axe. You know, like that's the right. You can mess somebody up with it. Kind of with modular, I see it more of just like a piece of furniture. You yeah. know, it's just sitting there like I'm not going to weaponize it. So yeah. it's yeah. cool to have that appendage. to. Yeah, it's true. It could be the lone weaponizing appendage of a I, modular I, I system. I did drop a Eurorack module on my foot one time. You know and what? The I, you corner know what? is really sharp. But you, you know, know what? what? Trying to, like, you know, you might. Right. You well, know they what? should have made that more textured so it didn't slip out of my hand. I dropped, and I'm not kidding. It was a year and some change ago, a Matrix brute on my big toe. Oh, <laughs> It was brutal. I lost feeling. Is that why you sold it? No. I, you know, it worked fine. The Matrix Brute was fine, of course. My that? toe was not. It was, oh, it was brutal. And it, I mean, it was black and blue for months. And uh, oh my God, it was just brutal. The buyer of that Matrix Brute was like, wait a minute, you dropped it. it you know, again, it was like, it's like an old car. You know, yeah. you, can, you can run over anything with those, uh, you know, an old car and the car's fine. Yeah. So the Matrix Brute was totally fine. It didn't dent it or anything. It wasn't a far drop. That's the crazy. It wasn't like it was, you know, coming from like a floor above or anything. You're talking like. <laughs> I would have killed you. You're talking like a foot. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. <laughs> a foot. Um. So I guess what what are the changes from V1 to V2? Um. What are the changes? Other than it being um having a banana fied version of it. Oh well, yeah. There's that. You know. Also, too, there are more features on the two, like the the gate and the pulse are new the way that it interacts is new so you can actually trigger the gate just by touching the ribbon and the same with the pulse mm-hmm. um it's a more streamlined and robust circuit as well which i'm kind of happy about yeah yeah and actually there were there's some i guess peculiarities with the first version that i just kind of wanted to refine out of it mm-hmm. so yeah so i think i i mean i love the version one i really love the version two i feel like it's a substantially upgraded model yeah i i didn't get i don't think i've other than like at a synth meet or something um messing around with the v1 mm-hmm. but uh but the v2 like i don't all, all its features like i had a fun time just like okay i'm just going to use this as my controller because otherwise i'm using the 218 on the easel to like right. trigger notes and stuff like that but um I use them in conjunction because I have the easel as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I hook it up. I mean, I use them both, yeah. I've, I've done that too, but it was, like, it was also fun to like, I would, um, I'd use the button to, um, 
basically like make an envelope or like so mm-hmm. I'd be able to kind of like turn it off and right. on with Trigger. that but yeah. I'd run it through some slew so it'd have like a good swell it kind of made like a mm-hmm. more like a slide guitar kind of um, feel out of it um, and then just yeah having like the extra auxiliary and the extra pressure and stuff yeah. it just there are times you know where I like yeah stretch like the 218 is I'm doing as much as I can with it but I wish I had something else I could trigger or 223 something yeah or yeah well yeah that <laughs> yeah um that'd be overkill can you imagine yeah i can you know yeah i guess yeah. well for your system with the 259 258 and all of that it would work great but yeah when i had the 223 in my easel my easel k it was kind of overkill i didn't have enough stuff to yeah. modulate well and then i guess i'm using it past the easel too right like yeah i just had the else. easel on my mind but yeah. yeah you've got more than that yeah but the ribbon controller augmenting the 218, and you can two-hand it, so mm-hmm. got some pretty cool possibilities. Mm-hmm. I was using it, Kyle suggested to use it to sweep through radio stations on my 272E <laughs> polyphonic tuner. Cool. I was like, that's, that's what I did first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, doing like this, I thought, hmm, it's kind of neat. Because yeah, you can just fun. use a gate to capture whatever sound is coming through with that precise, so it's completely... You know, I wouldn't say it's random, but it's randomized by the controller. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. I I think probably at this point in the episode, I think I have this. <laughs> I think I recorded this. Um, but through like the analog input on my sequencer, you know, I could kind of set up kind of like a quantize. I could set up like mm-hmm. a, uh, um, a scale and then run it back and forth. Oh, cool. Kind of control it that way. Yeah, I feel like the a quantizer paired up with the ribbon controller is a lot, is a lot of fun too. Yeah, so. yeah. That's how it works on my like on my keyboards that have ribbon controllers. The Hydrosynth has a, a really nice ribbon. And you can play it like a theremin, mm-hmm. or you can have it quantized and just going up and down. The yeah, that's a nice option. Pretty nice, yeah. But of course, in Buchla, we don't have quantizers yeah. really. In- right. In the traditional, like, <laughs> in the traditional, yeah, you can or hack not, it. I mean, what is traditional? But yeah, I guess are in a modern w- <laughs> yeah. way that most people, yeah, use them. That's why I always say, like, I'm the quantizer now. Like, <laughs> I'm choosing those notes. <laughs> um, and and what I also like, it's like an '80s drama show. The quantizer. The quantizer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the equalizer? Oh yeah. Oh my God! You guys could have been like a team. The equalizer, the quantizer, Edward the Woodward. sequencer. He could be the other one. <laughs> the se- <laughs> yeah, like a trio of synth-loving vigilantes. I don't know what problems we're solving, but <laughs> anything involving mathematical I'm, equations. I'm out. <laughs> totally. The quantizer would make sure that things are evenly spaced. Yeah. The conservator would put them in the right order, and yeah. the equalizer would make sure that that's you know you've got a good balance going through. That's getting canceled on its second episode. <laughs> totally after the pilot. Yeah, <laughs> there's a did a, it get picked up? There's oh, a it's weird a, a villain called the compressor Ooh. that when he <laughs> kills evil people, compressor pushes them down <laughs> or makes them bigger. True, <laughs> but you never know. He's pretty random with it. Oh <laughs> so man! He, oh, there you go. He's yeah. got a little, little sidekick, the randomizer. <laughs> <laughs> the randomizer. That would be actually the nemesis of the equalizer. Would be the randomizer. Yeah. Because I think the equalizer would be very focused on balance, and the mm-hmm. randomizer just 
abhors chaos. balance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Loves chaos, abhors balance. Yeah. That's his political statement. The randomizer. <laughs> More chaos, less balance. Um what what pushed you into getting a easel? You know, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I just actually, to be honest, I've I've kind of wanted one because I really, you know, just don't have a chance to use Buchla very often, mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted one so I could, you know, see what all the fuss was about, <laughs> learn it a bit, and just kind of enjoy it. And so I saw one up for sale locally, and uh, it was just at a time where I could swing it. So I, I didn't remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it's, it's been great. I just haven't been able to use it much lately, but because uh, mm-hmm. yeah testing modules for the magazine and all that but uh i love it yeah i regret selling mine sometimes it's super cool i mean it's yeah it's just i I actually really like having a fixed system in that way and -hmm. at the same time i'm like but it would be really cool to have you know you know how it is i mean that's what happened to you it's a great yeah it's a gateway it is it can be i mean it can be its own thing and yeah (laughs) it's a gateway well it get me started and it, it really pushes you to I mean, anytime you have something that 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 is that, I don't want to say small because that's not really the, the right word, but that defined, it really pushes you to kind of try to stretch it as much as you mm-hmm. can, even if you're kind of doing it in quote unquote incorrect ways. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the one thing too is like you can definitely play a guitar incorrectly, and it's although it still <laughs> might be cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I have friends that you know do prepared guitar, and it's obviously not the way that the guitar was, imag- you know, imagined, but you know with this modular synth it's like as long as you don't blow anything up it's all correct mm-hmm. so, although i did blow up the music easel uh, like this summer well, what happened <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> is that a long that <laughs> was probably too long put a guitar into it. <laughs> edit out that side please um what did happen you know i was trying out their uh oh you know how it is How's that? <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say i'd never actually soldered um oh, any man. smd components and so uh, i did for the first time and it, you know i swapped out some chips on the on the boards and fixed it so i was pretty happy about that cool yeah so now i feel like i could fix i felt pretty good that i was able to fix it i mean i wasn't able to do it just by myself i actually went on on uh i think it wasn't i can't remember which board it was maybe muff wigglers it might have been something else mm-hmm. i think it was muff wigglers which to be honest I'm, i never go on line really at all but i was like well i could use some help so i signed up and People were gracious enough to give me a hand, which I thought was, you know, it was it was fun. Yeah, so. yeah. The, you know, when the two hundred eight C came out, yeah, we um, Kyle and I have been. We need to get one to play with. We talked to Joel, and that's like a, a whole thing we need to do a two hundred eight C easel, just you know, they discussion. I thought they sent you. They didn't send you one. Mm-mm. No, we'll we'll grouse about that when we hit stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> but one of the things about it, you know, it's, it, we've talked about how it's made uh, Bukla so much more accessible to people. And I like going out to YouTube and looking at comments on it mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. perhaps even making comments. So there's one where <laughs> there's one where somebody asked why it's a five-step sequencer. And so I replied and said that Buchla realized they had a little bit of extra space for the width of the 218. <laughs> so they put an extra So they added out. an extra step. Nice. <laughs> Which I guess is kind of, I don't know, mean. Well, but, it's also, it's but, also true. If they it didn't could have be space, true, they right? Have like, well, it. we've got enough space for another step. Yeah. Why not add one in? Yeah. That seems like something Don would do. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I wouldn't cross off. I mean, that's you know, we always talk about the we come to these things like, man, I wish he was here that we could 
yeah. ask him. I mean, we get a one-word answer out of him, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if we were lucky, but but yeah, I'm like, I wouldn't put it past him. I'm like, that's great. It's a great story. I don't five actually step. don't know why it's five step. Probably because there's space. <laughs> you know? there you space. look at everything yeah. else. There's no like wasted space on that thing. There's not that's a, true in that area. There's you know you look at like the two sixty six and stuff like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember being surprised that they added more functionality to it with the two eight C because I thought, where are they going to put it? Yeah. And they, it looks really cool. It does. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, I might have to get one <laughs> to play with. Yeah, sure. And then let you blow it up. <laughs> I would well, say, if you blow it up, you know, right. who can fix say, it. I would just say, keep it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was, to be honest, I was really bummed when I blew it up. And, and like I said before, it's like, so whatever my brain was chewing on previously, that's what it chewed on until I was able to fix it. Mm-hmm. So, but it was interesting to, uh, to open it up. And, and first of all, see the excellent layout of it and how it's designed. I mean, it's really, it's brilliant, you know, because it's so fixable you mm. know like I, I, after once i once i fixed i mean especially if you have a schematic then it's like you know which they're actually hard to it's i, I didn't have one so it was kind of hard so yeah. in essence i was really just like swapping chips out and crossing my fingers but once you isolate the problems to whatever board it is then it's like all right well you know you swap the known problems are which are some of the chips see if that works and if it does great and if it doesn't then you kind of go on to the next thing but yeah but you know it's, it wasn't it was it was pretty easy to fix, and I was pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man, bullet dodged. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I guess do you think there's any chance we'll get like a for you a DIY project? And man, I really <laughs> want to. You know, what? it's funny. I hate to say this, but I kind of want to leapfrog for you and start like a a waveform 5U system. I really want to, it's been in the back of my mind and I don't know when and if, but I really want to just design just something with like big ass knobs, <laughs> you know, that are just, you know, it's not complicated, simple, you know, and then I think about it, I'm like, well, there's already stuff out there. So, you know, like that. But I would like to put together a, a 5U system as well as a 4U. I've supposedly got some 4U stuff coming on the way. We'll see if it, mm-hmm. if it happens and I'll start building one. I have some 5U cases for sale upstairs. I think I'll pass on that. <laughs> you don't want any splinters? <laughs> no splinters. No. But yeah, I mean, I'd like to eventually. And even, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I actually prototyped a few things for the music easel. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So which, you know, could have, they weren't quite right. But I'm, I'm always like kind of thinking about it. for the card slot? Or? Some of it was for the card. Some of it was for other stuff. Mm. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean. I have, you know, I just, I know there's one thing in the card slot. If I could figure out how to do it, it would be really cool, especially for the easel. I mean, I think for people that have like a, a traditional Buchla system, I don't know if it would, I mean, it wouldn't appeal anyway and they couldn't use it with the card, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see if I can get it to work. I mean, just I'm, I just, I just, you know, having yeah. a time, yeah. <laughs> honestly. Well, like I'm to. excited at that little tease for sure. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but I did build the uh, PAPS. His little yeah, that little uh, yeah, two the the ex- yeah, the expander, yeah. yeah, 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 it's cool. Yeah, that that brings a lot. I mean, depending because there's like a, a few slots that you can yeah add I, extras or whatever. I added an extra square wave oscillos- uh, 
uh, oscillator, oscilloscope oh, leader, yeah. <laughs> oscillator, just for like LFO. Well, you can actually bump it up into audio rate too. Yeah. yeah. Or you, and then, yeah, you could run it through the auxiliary and balance modulate that. And totally. Stuff, so um, I did that. I was, yeah, I was talking to somebody. I've kind of, I don't know, the last week or so, been using just like the easel by itself quite a bit. And um, it's like how much I love that oscillator. Mm. And with that toolbox bringing out, um, you can bring out the ability to CV control what, which wave shape yeah, it's cool. is working um, on both sides of the oscillator. Plus you can, you know, have basically CV the knob to go from sine to that wave shape. And then you can also CV the modulation type. So it's like, which you can't, yeah. you can't do on the 259. So it's like, there are some aspects of that where well, it's, pretty it's brilliant. no slouch. Well, it's brilliant when they designed it too, because I think obviously you only have so much space and you want to be able to play it. And I think they did, you know, Bookley did an amazing job with that because you obviously can play it mm -hmm. and it's not super crowded. It's also one of the things I really like about it. It's not super hard to remember what everything does. Mm -hmm. so like you step away from it for a minute and it's like, yeah, it might take you a second to kind of Refamiliarize, but it all does what it says it's going to do. Yeah, follow the colors and yeah, and you know, and and their, yeah, the CV mm. routing makes sense and it's also really smart. But two, it's like he also realized like, well, if we use this little space up above to access other, you know, options that you, you know that we don't want to put on permanently on there, mm -hmm. which they did. I mean, I, I just think it's really, it's just really a well-designed instrument. Yeah, so. amazing how forward thinking yeah 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 because that card slots from the 70s yeah exactly <laughs> which <laughs> i think maybe i think it was on like the synthy a they had like a kind of a preset card thing too speaking of synthy did you ever play with paps's synthy card on the easel no so I, I thought someone was going to loan one to you whoever oh. you are what is that <laughs> i saw that one what, what does it reach do? out um, it's like, it's, it's an oscillator, um, that's a good oscillator. design like from, that's based on the, the, the Synthia. Yeah. I think it's, or no, no, it's a VCS three card. Yeah. yeah. So it's the VCS3. And it has, does, does it have the trapezoidal function generator in it too? Um, I don't, like a... I think it's just oscillator and noise mm. and you can get like random CV out of noise. I think you can only do. Maybe one or the other. I don't think you can have both audio from the oscillator and the noise, but you can, you know, it has the different wave shapes and stuff. It sounds, from what I've heard, kind of pretty gnarly and pretty cool. Yeah. I'd like, I really like. You might have to build it. What he's done. I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know. You got to get Bill to build it if you're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going off to London, maybe. Maybe. Really? It's shut down now. I don't know. Huh. Um, but yeah, I, I I got my card from you, Robert. Yeah, I remember you asked me what it did, what the extra thing was. I don't know because <laughs> I bought it from somebody else and they didn't tell me. Yeah, because you just got like three jacks. It's like, oh, it's like <laughs> you tell me what what to yeah, do. I will. I will figure this out. There's also that 416 Meta Expander that uh, Guy has a version two. Yeah. And that has the surge dual universal slope generator in it. What? Yeah. It's a big, it's, a like, bi it's as wide as the easel. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but it, it's powered from, I think that's what's so cool, oh, especially without 
with the cards, it's like you can draw yeah. power from yeah. that. And so yeah. I think with with um, Paps's VCS three cards, like it's where. Yeah, I mean, I guess I because Bukla did the auxiliary card too, which is powering an oscillator and stuff yeah. too. But for some reason, it kind of pushed me of like, oh, you can just bring whole different functions. Well, I didn't know that they I'll have to look into that four sixteen. Right? Yeah, they have, version two is on. I think the pre-order is still going on. I have who, version who, one. And who builds that? His name's That's, Gee something. It's on Muff Wiggler. We apologize. All right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, it brings a little bit of surge. Okay. Yeah, the surge to USG noise, and it gives jacks, um, banana jacks, and pots for like everything internal wow. with the easel. And puts stuff in there and expands the noise generator. And a bunch of other cool stuff. It has a comparator in it. Wow. Um, and a logic gate. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, Just some utilities cool. and like things. Like a CV mixer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. since you can power anything from it, you can basically build any circuit you want for the most part. Yeah. So, I've been trying to figure it well, we'll out. <laughs> another time. Maybe the 208C will have ESA, um, preset control someday. Yeah, there's, you know, it's like they kind of mentioned mm -hmm. that, but then there hasn't. Um, yeah, I'm curious to what what they've got up their sleeve. I think Eric did post on Muffler a while back. This is about a, several things. I think maybe they have some sort of new card offering to yeah. something too. But I love the stuff. Cool. I love what they're doing. The 208C looks amazing. I mean, I haven't messed with it, but it looks so nice. Yeah. yeah. I want to see a new 218 from them. Yeah. With what? Higher quality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I... Uh, yeah, I like emailed them and was like, "Here's what I would want." I was played that that guy. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. How did that go over? Um, I don't know. We'll mm -hmm. find out. But my like my thing was like, uh, instead of having like the portamento, uh, make it like a slew limiter, because mm -hmm. then you could uh, like you could patch in and then patch other things yeah, through that, it right. in the system yeah. instead of just having. Just um, the portamento glide yeah. because you could you could put that on the sequencer yeah or you know you that would be nice yeah or yeah. like kind of put tails on like your um like on the pressure and yeah hold would be nice too I mean oh you'd make big hold thing for me nice. would be uh random into it so instead of everything being stepped random you could have fluctuating yeah random and different flavors so I feel like yeah that one thing. <laughs> Which turns into ten things. Could bring, yeah, it could yeah. bring a lot. And sure. So, <laughs> somebody on Reddit. <laughs> so, Eric, if you're listening to this, don't get mad. It's something I read. But the um, oh, they're talking it on about. Else. I got to share this, but they're talking about Bukla, um, you know, and all the things that that they have planned. And you know, we've we've talked to them, and it's a business, and they have you know tons of stuff on their backlog. I'm sure, but this guy said that. Sometimes Bukla is like that kid that said they owned all these toys, but they were always at his grandma's house. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have preset management for the for the two eight C. It's at our it's at my but it's at my grandma's house, so I can't show it to how you. How many people work for Bukla? I mean, it's like four. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. You know how hard it is to like to design anything and come out with it and make sure it works well and ship it and you know. Yeah, yeah I'm giving them a hard time. Yeah. But totally. Yeah, I mean they're yeah. and they're still selling two hundred eight or two hundred E. Yeah. You know and and. Um, those are getting. Those have gotten a lot better too. The quality of the builds and the testing, I've been pretty impressed with that. So you know, bust their chops a bit about really? not making all of our dreams come true. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's all like, 
<laughs> Especially the clone guys that don't actually give them any money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they're still, you know, and Eric and those guys are still pretty supportive of it, you know? Yeah, well, I'm... <laughs> what other industry is like that? Um, I only one I can think of are some some boutique car companies. Yeah. You know, like Koenigsegg. I've never even heard of that. Exactly. Yeah. I drove a Toyota Previa from 1993. I really have no idea about it. You know, the new Previas are coming. <laughs> yeah, right. The boutique Previas. <laughs> the boutique, yeah, you can custom order it. They come pre, they, they already come with 350,000 miles driven on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's broken in. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it works for jeans. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a 100-year-old pair of Levi's sold for 100 grand. Did they really? Wow. Yeah. So you're... Um, your Previa should be due for its... Actually, it's it's funny how that stuff goes because everything really does come back. I also have like a 1988 4Runner. So like, oh, I kind of yeah. like old Toyotas, but uh, yeah, it's weird. They, you know, they're collect... Well, I don't know about the Previa so much, but there is like a contingency of people who are fanatics about them. Yeah, those sport trucks from the 80s yeah. are really expensive now. Like that, the one that Michael J. Fox drove in Back to the Future. <laughs> With the not, lights? Not, yeah, exactly. Totally. With the four yeah. lights or whatever. If they're, they're unmolested, meaning they haven't been, that's what you call it in the car biz. Right. Where they haven't modified it and stuff. Yeah, so they don't um, have PTSD. Sure. So they're, they sell for a fortune. I mean, it's it's crazy. It is crazy. But yeah, the it's just funny. <laughs> like thinking about Kyle saying something about what Buchla should do. Like, you, 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 don't, you don't buy anything from them. <laughs> Well, maybe I would. Maybe I would. Yeah. You had that. I would, I would get that 218 in a heart. You would, right? If they made an upgraded 218, would you switch it out with yours? Or yeah. at least. I would too, actually. It's funny. It's the. Because you're right. The 218, first of all, the feel of it is very. In mine is the an older version. It's the Bemi. Yeah. So exactly. it's, you know, and it feels okay. But you're right. The, the features that you named, like, that would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was a Bemi too. Yeah. I think they did improve the the two eighteen for the Buchla USA ones when they came out, but yeah. Like mine mine was fine. It just some of the frets, you know, they they were fretted kind of. Yeah. They were uneven. Hmm. And so just the feel of it wasn't quite right for performing and Yeah. But I still loved it. Yeah. I mean it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well and hopefully they're coming out with their their two hundred reissues. So Yeah, those are due, right? They're supposed to come out with those in 2021. Well, COVID knocked them. Yeah, I, I was yeah. talking to Eric after when he replaced my bus boards. And with their big move, plus COVID, I think it, like everybody else, it set them back a year. Yeah. Yeah, everything is, I mean, I can tell you from for, from the magazine, it's like every, this issue was supposed to go to print at least a couple weeks ago, and everything is just, all, just like all across the board is just pushed. Mm-hmm. And yep. you just kind of have to go with it. And, you know, it's funny because it affects everything all the way down to the <laughs> the type of French fries that they sell at the local tavern here in the, where I live. How is that? Well, they've had the same fries there for decades, probably. You mean, you're talking about the same potato that they use for the, the fries? The, yeah, exactly. Oh. From the same supplier. Right. The potatoes from, sure. the, you know, from part of the world cut a certain way. But because of the supply chain, they can't get those potatoes. They can't get that, those French fries anymore. The French fries are different now. Now that I'm making, <laughs> I'm making an association here. I'm not really complaining about the fries, but it, it actually is that kind of thing. Yeah. Really small and also really big. Yeah. Nothing is unaffected. Right. Yeah. I mean, apart from my car to ship from Italy, 
It took weeks. You got wait. You bought this car from Italy? No, just a part of it came oh, from okay. Italy. Okay. Well, actually, everything on the car came from Italy. So but eventually, yeah, eventually. I had to replace the front camera, <laughs> and then to ship it from Italy. Wow, man! And it took weeks. Yeah, because of just actually, you know what I find amazing is, like, I'll order something from China, and depending, like, I'll order stuff from Tata. Do you guys know what Tata is? Mm-mm. Okay, they're a part supplier. Anybody who does DIY stuff is, will know what I'm talking about, and they're located. Actually, I think they're Thai. Hmm. so thailand but i can get stuff in like three or four days i'll order stuff from the east coast and it will take me like two weeks yeah and it'll be more expensive to ship <laughs> yeah. it i'm just like that doesn't make any well, remember when prime was two-day shipping yeah it's kind of like gas prices well but now Amazon. that we haven't had two-day prime in so long we're sort of like yeah well this is the new normal and now it's a week-long prime well prime does this thing i mean every anybody who orders from amazon probably can agree with or understand it's like they'll be like one day shipping and you're like cool you order it and then they're like there has been a delay with your shipping like every <laughs> yeah. single thing that i order except for like stuff that i could get down the street which i've stopped doing well ups stopped delivering out here where i live really for two weeks because of the backlog wow from the smoke and, and everything so we weren't getting amazon packages i had to go down to whole foods you know i, I overheard <laughs> yeah. somebody talking about that yep wow i did not know that's what the deal was yeah, so I have a three-car garage, right? but I can't get prime shipping for two days anymore. Nice. I guess it's a trade-off. Sure. I mean, we didn't have it 10 years ago, so what the heck? Well, yeah, but we didn't have electricity 300 years ago. I'm always like Good point. looking at these, you know, like looking at these like nice homes in these remote areas or whatever, and I'm always like, ah, oh, like, you know, cool, modern places. And then I'm like, but... Does Amazon Prime get there? Because <laughs> yeah. like that's the real. That's your like, number one priority. There, but wait. Yep. Are you, yeah, think, are you thinking of moving? No, it's oh. just like I mean, you know, like someday. You know, like seeing some place like Suzanne's like on a cliff or oh, something. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. coming up I five like, from Portland. You look out and the side of the mountain is this giant mansion. With it's actually near that weird that sign that has Uncle Sam on it that always has. Oh yeah. Anti, you know, yeah. it's oh, over right. there. But it's huge, built into the side of a hill. It's got a turret, probably just the most beautiful view. And I'm thinking, they probably don't have fast internet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're going to have to get HughesNet or something. And then Amazon definitely doesn't deliver there. <laughs> you know, there's no Grubhub. No. <laughs> but that's why no you Grub, live. no Grub, period. That's there. why you live there, though. Yeah, I was like, where do they even get their groceries? Yeah. I mean, they have to have a helipad. Grow them. You yeah. think somebody owns a house like that? <laughs> I would. Can you, can you like imagine a corn the, farm. Can you imagine and, the amazing garden they could have in the backyard. Well, it is in the St. Helens Valley, so yeah. sure, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> they have a staff out there. Like a staff, like a staff of people, or a staff like a staff that you hit people with, like a bow staff, you know, oh, the right. martial arts Don't yeah. Tell yeah. style. Yeah, but they go out and till the corn. Sure. <laughs> like whacking at it, you know, knocking off the stalk. <laughs> All right, this is where we're at. The boast. Fantasizing about mansions with slow internet. You know, in in Chinese, in Kung Fu, a bow staff, which is Japanese, is called a six and a half point pole. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Aren't you glad you came over today? Yeah, Yeah. now I know that. I can do something with it. And it refers to the six and a half points at which you can hit somebody with it. Yeah, not a measurement of its length. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Do you do karate and kung fu with those slippers? I could, but you wouldn't feel anything because they're so soft. <laughs> no, I think you would lose your balance pretty quick. Probably. I would I'd lose I would, my balance when I stand up. But you could up. spin. You could do like you know, like a one foot spin, like really. <laughs> On this concrete really floor, well. I could. Yeah. 
I lose my balance when I stand up. What do you think? I'm going to kick you with these things. I would demand that if we did Kung Fu, you would have to, I would only fight you on like a slippery surface. <laughs> That's fair. I think so. Can you have his six? Six point. point. Six and a half point. Six and a half point. Six I'm going to run upstairs point. and get the ribbon controller though for yeah. the fight. <laughs> Yeah, that's dangerous. All <laughs> and right. I like that it lights up like a lightsaber. It does. It's yeah. true. Yeah. And I can make the woo woo sound as I swing it around. You yeah. plug it in, you make You the, can make uh, the sound. sound. You can actually like create the sound. Yeah. Yeah. I've got my that's, 24U strapped to my back. <laughs> Robert, that's the whole point. <laughs> We're just the sound. banana on banana on banana. We have like oh, yeah. 200. A banana cord train. Yeah. yeah. A 48, 48 inch banana mm-hmm. cables. I have to cut a hole through my ceiling. <laughs> I wonder what the voltage drop is on 400 feet of banana cables. We're about to find out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, any uh, anything you can share for the next issue that maybe is coming out? You know, I like to keep it a surprise. All right. For two reasons. When, when do you? When are you? When will this next one hopefully be? Well, hopefully it'll go to print this coming week well and then, then this episode will already that will be out before this episode airs. i sure hope so so you can go yeah. ahead and tell us you, you know it's it's actually to be honest i have no idea if it will or not i know when it's going to go to print sometime soon but i have no idea how backlogged our printer is and mm. what kind of you know how ups is dealing with stuff i really don't know yeah, yeah i mean have it's, to, it's been have to beep it out we're yeah. going to release a beep yeah i mean that's what actually it's funny because I, I was going to tease some things you know like instagram tease or whatever and i'm like you know what just wait until it's starting to come out because it could you could tease it and it could be like a month yeah so yeah. it's kind of just kind of waiting but the diy project you know but it's i'm excited i think it's a really great issue and i think people will be really into the uh the, the interviews i think mm-hmm. the interviews are, are pretty great so uh yeah cool i mean i wish i could have done them in person because some of them are in distant locales that i've always wanted to visit but cool. you know things change all that stuff yeah i don't know someday hmm sure normalcy what i don't know that, what will that be like? do you guys think so i mean i'm starting to really wonder if I, I don't know i think things might change to the point where some of the things you, you know you took for granted as being super easy like you know what i'm gonna go to la for the weekend i'm gonna fly over here i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna just do whatever order this or do this i think maybe maybe you just think a little extra about it now yeah yeah i guess we won't be like we were talking before, like, I guess we won't actually be physically global <laughs> anymore. You know, we're just going to be, all our friends are on the internet. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'd love to see, to be to be truthful, I would love to see localization come back. You know? I mean, I don't think globalization, I don't think it's as amazing as people kind of make it out to be. And I think, I think localization would be cool. I'm always disappointed when I actually do travel somewhere. And yeah, maybe it's, you know, especially if it's in the States, like a different dialect, sure, slightly different food, but for the most part, you, you're seeing all the same. You can't really tell the difference. Yeah. You know, maybe the, the same architectures. And, yeah. yeah. You know, and I mean, just don't drive on the highway because then you don't see anything. <laughs> so, and I, I don't know. I kind of, uh, I love the idea that if you go to a farmer's market in Washington in September and you go to a farmer's market in Vermont in September, they're vastly different. Yeah. You know, I think that's important. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, we did that coast drive down to California on when, the way down. When did you do that? Uh, this was like this was like 2017 or something oh. like that. It's Such a nice drive. Yeah, yeah. And we, we had were just talking about that kiddo in the back too, so it was like the most laid back. Like we would have taken more time, but mm-hmm. 
you know, Disneyland was on the horizon. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, yeah bl- no, blame it on the kid. Right. right. Yeah. Oh, it was Disneyland. Otherwise <laughs> I would have gone fishing for hell of it. But yeah, but then we, we took I five like on the, yeah. on the way back and it's miserable. Yeah. I bought a 1976 Mercedes in, in Sacramento on eBay and I flew down there and picked it up. This was years ago and drove it all the way home on the 101. Wow. From California yeah. and up through Oregon and then to Washington and then getting onto I five until I had to. And it, this is one of those things where when you do it, you think I'll always be able to do this. Now that I don't, you know, buy a bunch of Mercedes and Sacramento's <laughs> and fly them home right. or drive them home. But you know, you can think to yourself, I could do this anytime I want because we can do anything we want all the time. But now we, we can't do that. Nope. And there's not this magical moment where that will suddenly change to where I can, yeah. everything's back, back to normal, whatever that is. It'll be a transition process and we might just be conditioned to give up some things. You know, I'm like, we're lucky actually that we live in such a beautiful place that we vacation at home. Right. You know, folks that aren't from Seattle don't know. You just come into your garage and vacation. Well, yeah. Like <laughs> we, stay, we stay here in the summer. Yeah. We don't go on vacation in the summer. We, right. We stay here. We go on vacation in the winter. Yeah. Because it's just so nice here. It's beautiful here in the summer. Yeah. I mean, I drive my car all the time and. Yeah. And so I was thinking about stuff that we have planned for the future, for the show, mm-hmm. for our personal lives, and just thinking like it's, it, I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, I guess that is the the big thing of just like there is no planning <laughs> yeah. for the future. No. Or like, you know, so it's always like, well, I hope that maybe at some point I can, but now how many, how many months are we in? Eight months in yeah. to Which it. Is not You're really now like kind of beaten down of like, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, things have shot. What's the point of... It, but the thing is, not, you know, going off on a tangent here, but so eight months in the lockdown, which has been really rough, and then some amount yeah, of Yeah, really time, rough. You just bought a Ferrari. How rough? <laughs> well, I mean, but I can't go on club drives, you know. <laughs> That's true. I guess I could drive in wherever I want, and I'm socially distanced. Plus, I can get away from everybody with the virus really fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But after 9-11, you know, we, all, we say that the world changed, and it did. And it kept changing, you know, the constant fear, the reaction of Homeland Security, not getting political here, but just like the change in the way we travel, Mm -hmm. people stopped flying, you know, it was years before I flew again. And this is only eight months that we've been in this, but it it impacts our daily lives in a different way than 9-11 did. But 9-11 changed our whole culture. Yeah. And we're we're still that way 20 years later. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, this is like a sustained... I don't think 20 years from now we'll be wearing masks. You know, I don't know about I that. hope not. I think we will in certain instances. Like, do you think the next time you fly somewhere you won't wear a mask? I will. Well, it depends on whether I fly after there's a vaccine. Yeah. Even so. I mean, that, that doesn't mean everybody's taking the vaccine. It doesn't mean that... You know, it's weird. Actually, even before this happened, when, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I would fly somewhere, and I would see one, maybe two people wearing a mask on the plane, and I automatically thought like oh they're sick great you know i don't mm-hmm. want to get sick but in the back of my mind too i always thought man every time i get off a plane i'm usually pretty dehydrated even yeah. though i try to drink water and i usually don't feel very well and you know it's like maybe your throat's a little scratchy because the air is bad yeah. and I, you know even before this you know the virus hit i was like god maybe i should start wearing a mask but you don't want to look like that crazy sick person <laughs> yep excuse me that's my seat yeah. like you can take the whole row yeah. it's know? like this is for me not for you yeah right but now it's i mean it's it makes it a little 
less like you're the that person. Yeah, I mean, at SeaTac, folks coming into U.S. from China or going to China, you know, historically, or to Japan, yeah, were wearing masks on the on the subway thing. So yeah, that's did, true. It did seem like more Asian countries were mm-hmm. doing it. I, I get sick every single time I fly internationally. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard it's on your tough. system. It is. Yeah. It's really rough. I actually hate flying. I mean, yeah, when we went to Superbooth last year, 2019, it was just, I was so stressed out about flying just because I just, and I don't mind flying. I just don't like being on a plane for nine hours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but actually it was like a completely lovely flight. It was awesome. So Yeah. To Berlin? Uh, no, actually we flew first to Gatwick, I think. Mm. And then from there to Berlin, yeah. And it's funny because the flight to Gatwick was like nine hours and the flight to Berlin from Gatwick is like, what, two hours or something? Yeah. And the nine-hour flight was brilliant. It was lovely. We had a great time. The two-hour flight was just like a, it was like hell, you know, because <laughs> it was on EasyJet, which is really <laughs> terrible, you know, yeah. but cheap. So. Flying is something that I always try to splurge on. It's the, the mm-hmm. thing that you want to spend the least amount of money because it's so expensive, but it's the kind of thing that with the money you put into it, you get back. And comfort and enjoyment. I agree. And I think maybe depending on what your trip is too, it kind of sets you up to enjoy the entire trip in a better way. Yeah. It's saving. I mean, granted, it is definitely more, a lot more expensive, but you, you know, if you can, I, I agree. I mean, I've flown first class just a handful of times. And when I have, I'm always like, that's probably worth the extra thousand dollars. You know? <laughs> but, but then I'm always in the back of my mind. I'm like, but I could have bought the Hydrocin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never like thinking about like oh like let me pay for this experience. I'm like no, I want that tangible thing that, thing. that I'm going to go back to for yeah. years and years. And, and years. maybe that's something that will actually change because of the virus. Instead of thinking about the thing, you'll think about the experience more because you yeah, yeah you have a good point. It's like it's worth. I mean, I know personally, I would rather pay more for a better experience than pay more for another thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not always easy to quantify. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's tough. I mean, I've flown business class for work. So I'm spoiled that way. And I don't know if I could drop nine grand <laughs> on a business class flight to the UK to see Ben. <laughs> no, I don't I think <laughs> but the, the thing is that, and that's a, that's a huge chunk of change, but you know, if we fly to Hawaii from here and you upgrade to first class for a six hour flight and it does, it's, it's more money, but it's like, that's the kind of the cost of a vacation. When Em and yeah. I got married, we flew from, I think we were going to Sweden, but we flew into Copenhagen from Los Angeles because that's where we were living at the time. And when we got there, I can't remember if the flight attendants made some announcement that they had a couple of first-class seats that were Mm. available for sale or whatever it was. But I think I might, actually, I think what it was is I went up and I wanted to surprise Em. I was like, hey, I'm just curious, you know, if you had anything. We just got married and I thought it'd be kind of fun. And she's like, you just got married? And for 200 bucks, they upgraded both of us to first class. And, you know, it was miraculous, you know. I didn't want to get off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've never done it. First class international is... It's the really, way to go. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like it, a, I mean, you're right, because you're right. I mean, domestic, maybe not such a big deal, but international, I mean, it really, it's just, oh, it's just so nice. I felt so much more relaxed and calm, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. it, was, it was good. But anyway. That's luxury for you. Yeah, that's what money does. Yeah. So It's like the bukla to the... to tie it all up i'd like to sit in buka class please (laughs) totally yeah well said well cool most excellent excellent indeed 
Well, you know, it's good to see you finally, and actually see you, see you. Yeah, it's it's really mm-hmm. been nice. I mean, the talking Air Force is great, but seeing you guys too. I mean, it's it, like I have to say, like I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm broken. You know, this yeah. whole experience is really kind of, uh, it's hurt. You know, and it's just it, at the very least, I expected to have at least like one or two waveform release parties. You know, whatever, just right. an excuse mm-hmm. to have people over and drink some you know drinks and whatever and yeah you ellison throws a good shebang it for does sure. yeah yes, those are good shebang we've got it you know if this ever clears up and can be possible again we have our new place has an amazing backyard and Sweet. a huge you know not this big but it's got a pretty big garage too so it's like i could you know last the last place we had like the little shacks we had the synth shack yeah this place will, will probably have the synth garage and it, nice. it'll be nicer and more spacious but who knows when that'll be you know yeah yeah, we're putting in a new deck. We, we have to. The ones we have is decrepit. But, yeah. And I'm thinking, man, it'll be so nice to just sit out there with friends, you know, cook some hot dogs or whatever and have a fire and just If you have enough space, relax. you can still do it. You just can't have 15 friends over now. Yeah. You know? Well, I think you'll fall through the deck if you... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's in really bad shape. Well, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for... Uh... Thanks for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been really nice. Yeah. We'd like to thank Ellison for being on the show today. Check out the ribbon controller at zorkselectronics.com and of course go to waveformmagazine.com for more info. Check out our friend's podcast, Tim Held, the Podular Modcast, as well as Jay Ryan's podcast called The Deerhorn, which focuses on Seattle Lombard instruments. If you want to help support the show, which we greatly appreciate, you can do so through Patreon at patreon.com slash source of uncertainty. And you can get your Source of Uncertainty t-shirts at sourceofuncertainty.threadless.com. You can find out more about the show or contact us through our website, sourceofuncertainty.audio. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Source of Uncertainty and on YouTube. And if you're interested in my new album, you can find it at darksparkler.bandcamp.com. You are listening to a track right now. Till next time, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>